Chapter Six, Part One of Life of Chopin by Franz Liszt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life of Chopin by Franz Liszt, translated by Martha Walker Cook. Chapter Six, Part One. Birth and Early Life of Chopin. National Artists chopin embodies in himself the poetic sense of his whole nation opinion of beethoven chopin was born in eighteen ten at gelasova wola near warsaw unlike most other children he could not during his childhood remember his own age and the date of his birth was only fixed in his memory by a watch given him in eighteen twenty by madame catalani which bore the following inscription madame catalani to frederic chopin aged ten years perhaps the presentiments of the artist gave to the child a foresight of his future nothing extraordinary marked the course of his boyhood his internal development traversed but few phases and gave but few manifestations as he was fragile and sickly the attention of his family was concentrated upon his health doubtless it was from this cause that he acquired his habits of affability his patience under suffering his endurance of every annoyance with good grace qualities which he early acquired from his wish to calm the constant anxiety that was felt with regard to him no precocity of his faculty no precursory sign of remarkable development revealed in his early years his future superiority of soul mind or capacity the little creature was seen suffering indeed but always trying to smile patient and apparently happy and his friends were so glad that he did not become moody or morose that they were satisfied to cherish his good qualities believing that he opened his heart to them without reserve and gave to them all his secret thoughts but there are souls among us who resemble rich travellers thrown among simple herdsmen loading them with gifts during their sojourn among them truly not at all in proportion to their own wealth yet which are quite sufficient to astonish the poor hosts and to spread riches and happiness in the midst of such simple habits it is true that such souls give as much affection it may be more than those who surround them everybody is pleased with them they are supposed to have been generous when the truth is that in comparison with their boundless wealth they have not been liberal and have given but little of their store of internal treasure the habits in which chopin grew up in which he was rocked as in a form strengthening cradle were those peculiar to calm occupied and tranquil characters these early examples of simplicity piety and integrity always remained the nearest and dearest to him domestic virtues religious habits pious charities and rigid modesty surrounded him from his infancy with that pure atmosphere in which his rich imagination assumed the velvety tenderness characterizing the plants which have never been exposed to the dust of the beaten highways he commenced the study of music at an early age being but nine years old when he began to learn it shortly after he was confided to a passionate disciple of sebastian bach zivna who directed his studies during many years in accordance with the most classic models 
it is not to be supposed that when he embraced the career of a musician any prestige of vain glory any fantastic perspective dazzled his eyes or excited the hopes of his family in order to become a skilful and able master he studied seriously and conscientiously without dreaming of the greater or less amount of fame he would be able to obtain as the fruit of his lessons and assiduous labours in consequence of the generous and discriminating protection always granted by prince antoine radjiville to the arts and to genius which he had the power of recognizing both as a man of intellect and as a distinguished artist chopin was early placed in one of the first colleges in warsaw prince radjiville did not cultivate music only as a simple dilettante he was also a remarkable composer his beautiful rendering of faust published some years ago and executed at fixed epochs by the academy of song at berlin appears to us far superior to any other attempts which have been made to transport it into the realm of music by its close internal appropriateness to the peculiar genius of the poem assisting the limited means of the family of chopin the prince made him the inestimable gift of a finished education of which no part had been neglected through the person of a friend m antoine korzuchowski whose own elevated mind enabled him to understand the requirements of an artistic career the prince always paid his pension from his first entrance into college until the completion of his studies from this time until the death of chopin m antoine korzuchowski always held the closest relations of friendship with him in speaking of this period of his life it gives us pleasure to quote the charming lines which may be applied to him more justly than other pages in which his character is believed to have been traced but in which we only find it distorted and in such false proportions as are given in a profile drawn upon an elastic tissue which has been pulled athwart biased by contrary movements during the whole process of the sketch footnote these extracts with many that succeed them in which the character of chopin is described are taken from lucrezia floriani a novel by madame sand in which the leading characters are said to be intended to represent liszt chopin and herself note of the translator gentle sensitive and very lovely at fifteen years of age she united the charms of adolescence with the gravity of a more mature age he was delicate both in body and in mind through the want of muscular development he retained a peculiar beauty an exceptional physiognomy which had if we may venture so to speak neither age nor sex it was not the bold and masculine air of a descendant of a race of magnates who knew nothing but drinking hunting and making war neither was it the effeminate loveliness of a carob couleur de rose it was more like the ideal creations with which the poetry of the middle ages adorned the christian temples a beautiful angel with a form pure and slight as a young god of olympus with a face like that of a majestic woman filled with a divine sorrow and as the crown of all an expression at the same time tender and severe chaste and impassioned this expression revealed the depths of his being nothing could be purer more exalted than his thoughts nothing more tenacious more exclusive more intensively devoted than his affections but he could only understand that which closely resembled himself 
everything else only existed for him as a kind of annoying dream which he tried to shake off while living with the rest of the world always plunged in reveries realities displeased him as a child he could never touch a sharp instrument without injuring himself with it as a man he never found himself face to face with a being different from himself without being wounded by the living contradiction he was preserved from constant antagonism by a voluntary and almost inveterate habit of never seeing or hearing anything which was disagreeable to him unless it touched upon his personal affections the beings who did not think as he did were only phantoms in his eyes as his manners were polished and graceful it was easy to mistake his cold disdain on insurmountable aversion for benevolent courtesy he never spent an hour in open-hearted expansiveness without compensating for it by a season of reserve the moral causes which induced such reserve was too slight too subtle to be discovered by the naked eye it was necessary to use the microscope to read his soul into which so little of the light of the living ever penetrated with such a character it seems strange he should have had friends yet he had them not only the friends of his mother who esteemed him as the noble son of a noble mother but friends of his own age who loved him ardently and who were loved by him in return he had formed a high ideal of friendship in the age of early illusions he loved to think that his friends and himself brought up nearly in the same manner with the same principles would never change their opinions and that no formal disagreement could ever occur between them he was externally so affectionate his education had been so finished and he possessed so much natural grace that he had the gift of pleasing even where he was not personally known his exceeding loveliness was immediately prepossessing the delicacy of his constitution rendered him interesting in the eyes of women the full yet graceful cultivation of his mind the sweet and captivating originality of his conversation gained for him the attention of the most enlightened men men less highly cultivated liked him for his exquisite courtesy of manner they were so much the more pleased with this because in their simplicity they never imagined it was the graceful fulfilment of a duty into which no real sympathy entered could such people have divined the secrets of his mystic character they would have said he was more amiable than loving and with respect to them this would have been true but how could they have known that his real though rare attachments were so vivid so profound so undying association with him in the details of life was delightful he filled all the forms of friendship with an unaccustomed charm and when he expressed his gratitude it was with that deep emotion which recompenses kindness with usury he willingly imagined that he felt himself every day dying he accepted the cares of a friend hiding from him lest it should render him unhappy the little time he expected to profit by them he possessed great physical courage and if he did not accept with the heroic recklessness of youth the idea of approaching death at least he cherished the expectation of it with a kind of bitter pleasure the attachment which he felt for a young lady who never ceased to feel a reverential homage for him may be traced back to his early youth the tempest which in one of its sudden gusts tore chopin from his native soil 
like a bird dreamy and abstracted surprised by the storm upon the branches of a foreign tree sundered the ties of his first love and robbed the exile of a faithful and devoted wife as well as disinherited him of a country he never found the realization of that happiness of which he had once dreamed with her though he won the glory of which perhaps he had never thought like the madonnas of luini whose looks are so full of earnest tenderness this young girl was sweet and beautiful she lived on calm but sad no doubt the sadness increased in that pure soul when she knew that no devotion tender as her own ever came to sweeten the existence of one whom she had adored with that ingenious submission that exclusive devotion that entire self-forgetfulness naive and sublime which transformed the woman into the angel those who are gifted by nature with the beautiful yet fatal energies of genius and who are consequently forbidden to sacrifice the care of their glory to the exactions of their love are probably right in fixing limits to the abnegation of their own personality but the divine emotions due to the absolute devotion may be regretted even in the presence of the most sparkling endowments of genius the utter submission the disinterestedness of love in absorbing the existence the will the very name of the woman and that of the man she loves can alone authorize him in believing that he has really shared his life with her and that his honourable love for her has given her that which no chance lover accidentally met could have rendered her peace of heart and the honour of his name this young polish lady unfortunately separated from chopin remained faithful to his memory to all that was left of him she devoted herself to his parents the father of chopin would never suffer the portrait which she had drawn of him in the days of hope to be replaced by another though from the hands of a far more skilful artist we saw the pale cheeks of this melancholy woman glow like alabaster when a light shines through its snow many years afterwards when in gazing upon this picture she met the eyes of his father the amiable character of chopin won for him while at college the love of his fellow collegiates particularly that of prince chetvertinsky and his brothers he often spent the vacations and days of festival with them at the house of their mother the princess louise chetvertinska who cultivated music with a true feeling for its beauties and who soon discovered the poet in the musician perhaps she was the first who made chopin feel the charm of being understood as well as heard the princess was still beautiful and possessed a sympathetic soul united to many high qualities her saloon was one of the most brilliant and recherche in warsaw chopin often met there the most distinguished women of the city he became acquainted there with the fascinating beauties who had acquired a european celebrity when warsaw was so famed for the brilliancy elegance and grace of its society he was introduced by the princess chetvertinska to the princess of lovich by her he was presented to the countess zamoyska to the princess radzivill to the princess jablonovska enchantresses surrounded by many beauties little less illustrious while still very young he has often cadenced their steps to the courts of his piano in these meetings which might almost be called assemblies of fairies 
he may often have discovered unveiled in the excitement of the dance the secrets of enthusiastic and tender souls he could easily read the hearts which were attracted to him by friendship and the grace of his youth and thus was enabled early to learn of what a strange mixture of leaven and cream of roses of gunpowder and tears of angels the poetic ideal of his nation is formed when his wandering fingers ran over the keys suddenly touching some moving chords he could see how the furtive tears coursed down the cheeks of the loving girl or the young neglected wife how they moistened the eyes of the young men enamoured off and eager for glory can we not fancy some young beauty asking him to play a simple prelude then softened by the tones leaning her rounded arm upon the instrument to support her dreaming head while she suffered the young artist to divine in the dewy glitter of the lustrous eye the song sung by a youthful heart did not groups like sportive nymphs throng around him and begging him for some waltz of giddying rapidity smile upon him with such wildering joyousness as to put him immediately in unison with the gay spirit of the dance he saw there the chaste grace of his brilliant countrywoman displayed in the mazurka and the memories of their witching fascination their winning reserve were never faced from his soul in an apparently careless manner but with that involuntary and subdued emotion which accompanies the remembrance of our early delights he would sometimes remark that he first understood the whole meaning of the feeling which is contained in the melodies and rhythms of national dances upon the days in which he saw these exquisite fairies at some magic fete adorned with that brilliant coquetry which sparkles like electric fire and flashing from heart to heart heightens love blinds it or robs it of all hope and when the muslins of india which the greeks would have said were woven of air were replaced by the heavier folds of venetian velvet and the perfumed roses and sculptured petals of the hothouse camellias gave way to the gorgeous bouquets of the jewel caskets it often seemed to him that however good the orchestra might be the dancers glided less rapidly over the floor that their laugh was less sonorous their eye less luminous than upon those evenings in which the dance had been suddenly improvised because he had succeeded in electrifying his audience through the magic of his performance if he electrified them it was because he repeated truly in hieroglyphic tones but yet easily understood by the initiated the secret whispers which his delicate ear had caught from the reserved yet impassioned hearts which indeed resemble the fraxinella that plant so full of burning and vivid life that its flowers are always surrounded by a gas as subtle as inflammable he had seen celestial visions of glitter and illusory phantoms fade in this sublimated air he had divined the meaning of the swarms of passions which are forever buzzing in it he knew how these hurtling emotions fluttered through the reckless human soul how notwithstanding their ceaseless agitation and excitement they could intermingle interweave intercept each other without once disturbing the exquisite proportions of external grace the imposing and classic charm of manner it was thus that he learned to prize so highly the noble and measured manners which preserved delicacy from insipidity petty cares from wearisome trifling 
conventionalism from tyranny good taste from coldness and which never permit the passions to resemble as is often the case where such careful culture does not rule those stony and calcareous vegetables whose hard and brittle growth takes a name of such sad contrast flowers of iron flos ferri his early introduction into this society in which regularity of form did not conceal petrifaction of heart induced chopin to think that the convenance and courtesies of manner in place of being only a uniform mask repressing the character of each individual under the symmetry of the same lines rather served to contain the passions without stifling them colouring only that bald crudity of tone which is so injurious to their beauty elevating that materialism which debases them robbing them of that license which vulgarizes them lowering that vehemence which vitiates them pruning that exuberance which exhausts them teaching the lovers of the ideal to unite the virtues which have sprung from a knowledge of evil with those which cause its very existence to be forgotten in speaking to those they love as these visions of his youth deepened in the long perspective of memories they gained in grace in charm in delight in his eyes fascinating him to such an extent that no reality could destroy their secret power over his imagination rendering his repugnance more and more unconquerable to that license of allurement that brutal tyranny of caprice that eagerness to drink the cup of fantasy to the very dregs that stormy pursuit of all the changes and incongruities of life which rule in the strange mode of life known as la bohème End of chapter 6, part 1